The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You've found Destination Love with Shelley Pumphrey. This is not a program about becoming the perfect date or how to get that special someone you've been admiring to notice you. Instead, we'll bring you the science behind how to find love and show how being your true self generally works best. Now, here's your host, Shelley Pumphrey. Hello, everybody. This is uh, Destination Love and Shelley Pumphrey. I want to welcome everybody to the show today. Hopefully, we are going to take a little bit of a break from all of the election um, craziness that we've all been experiencing in the last 24 hours um, and focus on relationships because goodness knows I need a break from uh, thinking about all of um, this election stuff. Um, So hopefully this will be a good breath of fresh air for, for those of you that are listening here today. So Today, we have a really interesting guest uh, by the name of Jamie Green. Jamie is, uh, he calls himself LA's unconventional coach. And Jamie also has a background in marriage and family therapy. Um, Sounds like the two of us have some very similar, um, well, a similar background in that, and that we started out as therapists and have also moved into doing more coaching um, and work around relationships. So, Jamie's been seen in The Bachelor. He was a coach to Brad Womack, and he's been on Marriage 911, and he does a lot of great programs to help men and women understand each other, and that's a little bit, well, that's a lot about what of what we're going to talk about here today, um, but before we get started on that, Jamie, I want to introduce you, and I... I've been reading a little bit about your story, and I think you have a really interesting, fascinating background. So I would love to hear a little bit from you about your background and how you got to this point here today. So welcome, Jamie. Thanks, Shelley. I appreciate it. It's uh, lovely to be on your show. Uh, My background, in a nutshell, I'll give you the very uh, long version of the quick story. I, uh, (laughs) I came out from England when I was 18, 1983, a long time ago. Um, and I went to Pepperdine. I studied sports medicine, which sounded fascinating and uh, realized I didn't want to go to Mexico or be a chiropractor. So from there, um, I was technically supposed to go back to England, actually. I, I did my undergrad degree in three years, and I had an extra year to kind of play with. And this was 1986 when I graduated, so I actually was an 80s pop drummer. I was in also 80s Wow. Bands, which is my <laughs> other life, one of my, my former lives. And I was literally just uh, house-sitting in the Palisades and drumming and playing in studios and doing shows and was just kind of finding what I was going to do and probably would have gone back to England had I not fallen in love with a woman that ended up being the force that changed my life because she ended up um, being a drug addict. Uh, uh, Freebasing cocaine was all the rage in 1986, I guess, unbeknownst Uh. to me. So it's a very long-sorted story. But that that issue, that, that one... Um, kind of fork in the road created an opening for me to go, what the hell did I just get myself involved with? And because uh-huh. I was somewhat of an academic or at least fascinated in physiology and anatomy, I, I just didn't understand this addiction world. It was very new for me. I had no background in that, but I was about as codependent as you could be in. Codependent No More was just coming out. It was all the rage. Uh-huh. And so um, I literally, the, 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 the crux of it is I went to UCLA Extension and I studied alcohol and drug counseling and I wanted to figure this out. And so I got certified as an alcohol drug counselor. And from there, I was encouraged to go on and do my master's. So I, 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 I fell into therapy. I never wanted to be a therapist. It was never a, um, a desire or a wish or a goal, to be honest. I was buying time. I was buying time getting student visas. So I ended up doing my, my marriage, family, child therapy a master's degree, and I got licensed in 1990, and I was probably entered into it very ambivalent, to be fair. Um, I'd, I'd be lying if I told you I aspired to change people's lives. I didn't. I just wanted to figure out what the hell happened to me. Um, 
so it was that, that was my background and i just found myself staying in la because i had been in love and then i was obsessed and then i kind of got myself together and 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 then of course i i fell in love with people and i i discovered i was very good at working with people i was very intuitive for a young man um i was a very young therapist i, mean, I was like 23 when i got licensed 24 and so at that point um i i had a practice for going on 16 years and developed specialties in anxiety disorders because, as you know, everyone has one. So, you know, there's right. lots of exposure to lots of anxiety and everything. I mean, every form of relationship dysfunction, you name it, I'd been through it myself. I was living it. I was walking through it. I got mentored around it. And I just started to kind of guide people from that place. So uh, that, that evolved into me uh, actually teaching Kabbalah. I was a Kabbalah teacher for eight, nine years. I had lots of different things that I did. I got involved with, still very involved in a lot of men's work for 20 years now and doing lots of leadership trainings. And um, I'm, a, I'm a mentor of many different men and many different leadership programs. Um, and then really what happened almost eight years ago was I, I realized I just was not passionate about sitting in an office working with people that way. So, mm-hmm. And I'm not even sure about your story, but it just felt that the natural progression was to get out of the office and start to get in the trenches with people in a, in a much more hands-on way. So my, my company I formed is called Off the Couch Consulting, and it was literally getting off the therapy couch. I was trained very psychoanalytically, so I used to see people uh-huh. a couple of weeks, sorry, a couple times a week with them laying on the couch and me sitting behind them. It, was, it could not be <laughs> radically any more different than the work I do now. So Off the Couch was not about, you know, no more couch potato. It was about let's really get up, sit up, let's stop telling stories and start to make some real change. And, and I say that with the greatest respect to every form of therapy yes. that people do. But for me, it just, um, as, as I'm sure you experienced, being, it's very healing to have someone really be there with you and walk through and listen and be a part of your life as you, you know, try to put pieces together. But I think there's nothing more powerful than hands-on tools and mentoring yeah. and guiding and pushing people through barriers. And that's really what I do, whether it's men, women, kids, you name it. Yeah. That's where I am today. I agree. I love that, um, you know, that's your approach. And I agree that, you know, I have total respect for therapy and and all that it has done uh, to help people. But sometimes we can get stuck in our stories. And if we're not actively doing things to change those stories, (laughs) it's easy to stay stuck for the rest of our lives sometimes. So um, I love that. And I also love that you're just so open and, and authentic with your own struggles and how you got to where you, where you got, like, you know, going through your relationship problems and, yeah. um, you know, like sometimes people ask me as a therapist, like, you know, why are you working? Why are you teaching people about relationships when you've been divorced? And I'm like, well, right. that's exactly right. why I'm teaching people because I've learned right. and I continue to learn um, along the way. If I didn't, you know, would you um, go to somebody who was a car mechanic if they never drove a car before? You know, right. yeah, totally. Well, um, and I'll tell you a funny story. When I was about, I remember I was about 25, so I was obviously very new in my practice and. I had a woman, uh, a referral, she must have been in her early 50s, maybe mid-50s, and she was really a character. <laughs> she just was very abrasive and had no filter. But I liked her. There's something about her I just appreciated. She was so straight up. And at one point, maybe three sessions in, she suddenly stops. She's dealing with stuff with her son, and she says, wait a minute, what the hell can you possibly know about raising a 25-year-old, <laughs> right? And, and it kind of, you know, it stunned me. And I said, well, uh-huh. fair enough. I said, but I am a 25-year-old with a mother, and I could probably give you some really interesting, <laughs> interesting perspective as to what's not working with what you're doing. And and she just stopped in her tracks and went, you know, you're right, let's do this. And it was great. And so, yeah, for me, uh, I I have a firm driving philosophy that I work from, which is I would not, could not ask anyone to do anything I, I have not first done myself. It would just be preaching, and it would be something out of a textbook, so... The only direction I give is what I've personally walked through. And then it's real. And then people can feel that, you know, they get hope that if I can walk through it, if, 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 if there's a path that can be full, then they can do it too. I think right. that, that that feels a lot more real and feels a lot more tangible. Look, people need hope. People need encouragement. There's a lot of crap that we're all dealing with or have dealt with. So I'm, a, I'm just a firm believer that most of the, the material I I work from on the programs I've created have all been from look this come with me you know I'm I'm, I'm yeah. all about I'm doing this thing or I've done this thing you can't come join me as opposed to you really should go do this event this workshop this you know 
this training. I'm a right. firm believer in either come with me, let's do it together, or having done this, this is something I think will really connect for you. And yeah. that, then I, have, I feel like I'm in fully authentic and in integrity with it. And there's no kind of do as I say, not as I do. There's no right. preaching. Because I've, yeah. I've experienced those therapists myself, believe me. And all yes. the therapy experience <laughs> I had as a client and a patient, I, I, I learned what didn't work for me, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, I'm there with you, too. I agree. <laughs> right. That's great that you offer yourself in that way. Yeah. So one of the things that we're here to talk about today is the... Uh, Essentially, some of the differences between men and women. I mean, this is obviously a show that's based on helping people form and maintain healthy relationships. And, of course, one of the essential things that we struggle with is how do we understand each other? How do we create these relationships? And I know that you do a lot of teaching around this. So let's kind of move into that a little bit. Tell us some of the things that you feel like, like what are some of the essential qualities that you would say people need to have for a relationship to be fulfilling? That's a great question. So to me, it's not so much, I don't focus so much on the major differences between men and women. I I, I think that at the end of the day, we're all probably looking for the same thing. I think truly, even though we have a lot of macho men who are hiding behind the mask and their ego, and at the end of the day, men want to be they want to be chosen just like first men do too. Their own way. Mm-hmm. It's different. It, 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 it be able to take it in a different way. I think fundamentally what we're all after is any different in terms of men and women from on a soul level. What yeah. we're looking for. So what I focus on more is really look for people to look at when in terms of relationships is making the right choices in terms of a partner. That's crucial. That doesn't mean that they just the partner and look for the next best choice. What, what I'm saying is, even at that point, there's a way to reinvent the relationship that we have and to start what I uh, talk to women about, which is what they need to look for in a man. I call them the four pillars of a man. Okay. This is really when I'm dealing with women and they're completely confused or stuck or frustrated, don't quite know if they should, if they should stick with their relationship or bail, I mm-hmm. have them look at these four essential qualities, since you asked about qualities, what, what are the qualities that, that need to be present in their partner in order for that to happen? So if you're well, hearing me, I'm just going to keep going. Yeah, I want to know this for sure. Okay, good. Okay, good. So the first quality that I ask women to make sure that they're being honest with themselves about, is this a man that has this quality? And I refer to it as a man who really knows who he is, which, mm. which sounds a bit vague, but I'm going to qualify it. A man who knows who he is means that he's not needing to play games or to try to, to mess around or not quite sure if he wants a commitment or not, is mm-hmm. being kind of inconsistent, is not matching his words with his actions. All of that stuff really just represents, he doesn't know what he wants. So if he doesn't know what he wants, then he, he's not even going to recognize who you are as a woman. Yeah, because if he's I not so sure if he wants a commitment, it has nothing to do with whether you're the right woman for him or not. He just doesn't know what he wants. He's not ready. And that's fine. And there's many, many men that don't know what they want they're just not marriage material, is what I'm saying. Right. That, that's not right. a man to commit to. They make wonderful men in the world. They're really fun. They're great friends. Yeah. They can do a lot of wonderful things. But they're just not marriage material at that point. And until they know that that's what they want, all you're going to end up doing is feeling like you're trying to convince them or coerce them into committing to you. And that's just a lot of pain waiting to happen. And it's right. unnecessary. So that, you know, it also, it also represents a man who has done work on himself. You know, in order to know who you are, you have to have asked the questions. You have to have done the soul searching or be in the process right. of that. So I don't, I don't mean it's a self-actualized man who's complete. I just mean that he knows himself well enough. Yeah. He's done some exploring. Right. He knows his blind spots. He's aware of his limitations. He doesn't use them as excuses. He digs in. And you're going to recognize that in a man because he shows up and he's able to talk about himself in a way that you're clear that there's, there's actually a relationship he has with himself. He has self-awareness. Right. That don't make sense. Right. That's all a man knows who he is. If, you, if you're choosing a man that comes in with that stuff going, so to speak, you're already like way ahead of the game. Because that's yeah. a man who is not going to be afraid of communicating with you. He's not going to be avoiding communication. He's not going to be a flake. He's not going to not return phone calls. He knows who he is. He knows what he wants. And he's going to get on with it. Number one. That's right. just the basic. Right? I love that. The second yeah. quality, second quality is that, and I alluded to it, is he really gets who you are. He sees you. And you, you know, as a woman, when you're, when you're in a relationship or you're dating a guy who just doesn't get you, you probably have a pretty good indication of that. 
Yeah. And so there's, you know, I'm not going to go through all the different ways that that's demonstrated, but when he sees you, he also isn't threatened by who you are. Because a man that, that, that may get that you're very outspoken or very independent, who, who's a bit threatened by that or a bit intimidated by that, that's more likely to be less of a man that knows who he is. Because a man that right. knows who he is is going to allow you to be who you are without being threatened, that you're going to make him feel insecure. Does that yeah. make sense? So Absolutely. he's not going to try to convince you you should be at home as the little woman, you know, Susie Homemaker. That's not what you're about. Right. He loves the fact that you're an autonomous woman and respects you for that. He doesn't need yeah. you to conform to anything or be someone that he can, can control or be subservient. None of that comes into it. He just lets right. you be you. I so love that. You'll find that these, these four qualities, these four pillars, as I call them, they're all obviously very interrelated. So okay. if he knows who he is, he's going to allow you to be who you are and he sees you. I love it. We're going to we're going to stop. We're going to take a a quick commercial break here and then we'll come back and talk about the third and fourth pillars. But I love this. I'm um, I think you're right on with, um, you know, that man knowing who he is and and being comfortable with who a woman is when she's herself. So we're going to take a break. We'll be back in a couple minutes. You can follow us on Facebook at Authentic Date. See you in a few. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Destination Love. To reach Shelley Pumphrey or her guest today, call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Shelley at ShellyPumphrey.com. Now back to Destination Love. Welcome back to Destination Love. This is your host, Shelley Pumphrey, and we are interviewing Jamie Green here today. And before we took a little commercial break there. Jamie was telling us about um, the four pillars that um, the four pillars of a man that we want to look for. So we talked about a man really knowing himself and then how he would not be threatened with a woman who um, is being herself essentially. Is that, is that right, yeah. Jamie? Did I sum that uh, up? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Not, not so only were, not threatened, but, but fully embraces you for who you uh-huh. are and it, you know, it can accept that it's not trying to change you out of him needing to feel more in control or empowered or one up or any of that nonsense it's just let yeah. you be love that so what's so the then, third pillar uh, so we'll, we'll tie into the, this one ties into the third pillar it's kind of the extension of, of the second one so it, not only does he see you but the third pillar is I think a quality that a lot of men uh, a lot of people don't talk about that I see it and women are always this is like a light bulb moment when I say this. So I'm talking about a man who's always one or two steps ahead of you as a woman. Mm-hmm. And so what I mean by that has nothing to do with he's one-upping you or he's got, you know, he's an Ivy League education. It has nothing to do with being advanced. It has to do with not only does he see you, but he's really good at anticipating what you need before you need to tell him or ask him. Yeah. So he knows instinctively that every woman wants to feel special, wants to feel cherished, wants to feel seen, needs to feel safe. And he really gets a sense of how to do that. You know, he gets it. And that's not the same for everybody, right? Everybody has a different, uh, each woman has a different way of knowing how to be um, 
uh, you know, being made to feel special. So it could be, and I'm not talking about just being chivalrous and buying gifts and getting little special things. That, the the right. romantic aspect of that is, is definitely one aspect of that. But it's things like he pays attention in conversation to what you're saying. Really listening. Right. You know, it's a really important quality of listening. But it's more about anticipating. Not only is he listening, but he's listening for what you're not saying. And he's anticipating what, what's, the, what's the one thing that's going to help you feel even safer. Right. He's showing you in his actions. Right? So it's not about, about people-pleasing. It's not about impressing you. It's just, I'll, I'll give you, maybe give you a simple example. Let's say that, um, I don't know, let's say you're having a hard time. Let's say a woman's having a hard time around work. There's just something coming up. I'm thinking of a couple I work with, and she's a lawyer. And he's in real estate, and they're both very busy. And she's got like a big case that's coming up, and she's super stressed out. And he just takes, takes and as busy as he is, he takes a little extra time to send her a note or send her flowers and just let her know as she's walking into the court, has something delivered to her, and lets her know that he's really thinking about her and how important this day is for her and that he's with her. It's a simple thing. It's a really simple thing. As opposed to just getting flowers, getting flowers is an easy thing for a man to do. And look at how many men can't even pull that off. Right. I'm, not, I'm speaking very specifically. It's, it's a gesture that, that she really gets that he heard her. It could be about some really difficult phone conversation she's about to have with a parent or with a, you know, some conflict she's dealing with, and he just lets her know he's thinking of her. So things like that. That's just being one or two steps ahead. And there's way more elaborate versions of that. I'm, I'm thinking of an example when I was courting my wife, my soon-to-be wife, and she, my wife's from Switzerland, and she studied philosophy and um, and I have absolutely no background in philosophy, but she was, I know that she was fascinated in this philosopher post, and, um, who meant nothing to me, but I knew it was her favorite thing. And then mm-hmm. in one of our early dates, I got the complete, the complete works of Proust and a book, and I got it for her birthday because it was close to our beginning to date. And it, it meant a lot to her that I remembered because I had no clue who the guy was. I'm not uh-huh. frank. I, I'm not the, the, the in-depth philosophy um, yeah. that's just not my background so, um, but that meant something to her because it meant that even though I am clueless about the guy and don't really have an interest in him I know it's important to her so it's those kinds of things that's about one being one of two steps ahead of you what that does for a woman is it makes her feel like it's demonstrating that he sees you he can tell you all day long how he gets you he gets you, he gets you but right. this is the proof this is in right. his actions without him needing to impress you doing it. so that creates a lot of safety creates a lot of reassurance for a woman that, it, that it's a thing to open up to him. It's going to be an right. okay thing to do. And then the, the, the fourth pillar is a term that some of you are going to know and some of you don't, but it's, 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 it's a man who's a mensch. And, and a mensch is actually a Yiddish term that means it's a man who's got a really good heart. He's a good mm-hmm. man. Now, that sounds a little vague. What I mean is he's an example of a really good mensch, a really good man. It means that he's flexible, he's easy to get along with, he's not a control freak, he's not got all this OCD stuff that he imposes on you, he gets along really well with your family, he's accommodating, he can play with kids and get down on the floor and not be all uptight, and, you know, he's just adaptable, he's personable, without, Uh again, without being a chameleon or a people pleaser, he's just a good man, you can feel he's good-natured, he's kind, he treats the waiters and the waitresses very politely, he's appreciative. Those qualities are so important. So when I'm talking about a four-pillared man, I mean that what we do is I, I kind of have this conversation with the women I'm working with, whether it's a man she's currently dating or even a husband or a, a guy that she's thinking about should she commit to him. And I just have them look at these qualities and have an honest conversation with themselves about who, who am I kidding? Like maybe right. two out of the four pillars are there which is great to work with. Uh-huh. But the most, the most essential one is that he's a guy that knows who he is. That's the right. most important one because it is the foundation for all the others. So, you know, a lot of women will say, well, I know he's really immense, he's really kind, he's really this, he's really that, but he doesn't know what the hell he wants to do with his life, he doesn't know if he wants to get married. And so it's a red flag. It's not, yeah. a, it's not enough to pick a really good guy. To me, I'm hoping that the, that the minimum requirement for a woman is a man has a good heart. Yeah. That he's not abusive, he's not, you know, consumed right. with his own addictions, that he's not uh, obnoxious, but it's not enough only to find a really good guy who's kind. For some women, that may seem like that's hitting the jackpot, and of course it's important, but there are other qualities that are going to be important. She wants to grow in the relationship, too. She wants to be challenged, too, right. in, a, in a positive way. So that's, right. that's kind of looking at women, and when I, when I, when I, you know, I have an app, I actually have an app. 
that's on the on, on the app store. Oh. What is it? And it's called Alchemy in Love. Is the name of this program. Okay. And the four pillars are how I really help women. But what I realized very quickly was they started listening to my program and having their boyfriends or their husbands listen to it. And what was interesting is that the men start checking themselves and going, hmm, where am I in terms of these pillars? Mm-hmm. It's one thing mm-hmm. to make sure a woman's assessing, but then it was apparent that the men really need to take a look at themselves because, you know, if they're having a, um, a pattern of just unfulfilling relationships or destructive relationships, I really say to them, well, let's look at, you know, where, where you need to start to do some tweaking. Because I see right. that the, the quality a lot of the men I work with, if they're working with me, then they're definitely men who are on the path to, to knowing who they are. That's a given, right? And they're usually good men. You know, a lot of narcissists don't come into therapy and coaching. Let's face it. Yeah. They don't. Sociopaths don't show up. You know, people who really believe they've got nothing to work right. on, they just don't come and pay for time to get that. So the people I'm working with, they usually are around the first and the fourth pillar pretty well, but they may not know how to understand women. They really might not have an idea of how to right. anticipate. So a lot of the coaching is about helping them recognize what to look for, right. how to recognize who a woman is, or how to have a conversation with his girlfriend or his wife and, and let her reveal to him more, because maybe as long as she feels like he's curious and interested, she'll kind of come out of herself a little bit. So the coaching is around both angles, both for the women to really take a hard look at their choices and for the men to start to go, all right, well, what's the work that you need to do that you can't really make it about her? Right. And that led into then for the men saying, well, but wait a minute, surely women have work they need to do as well. I'm like, well, of course. So then that leads me to what I call the four layers of a woman. And they should be breathing where I can keep going with this. (laughs) uh, (laughs) I'm thinking you can hear me fine now, right? Yeah, yeah, I love this. Yeah, I've had questions about women, so you're right on it. We'll bridge into the four layers of women. And and again, pillars because men really need to be like rocks. They need to be foundational columns and pillars. Yes. And women are way more complex and they're multi-layered, multifaceted, I believe. Right, I love that. So I call these the four layers of a woman. Now, the four layers of a woman. The first one is the same. Because look, if men need to know who they are, women need to know who they are too. It's all the same principles for all the same reasons. That's really important. You'd be, you'd be amazed how many women are commitment-phobic and don't really know what they want as well. Yeah. It's not just limited to men. So that's also important for all the same reasons, and it's important that a man who's ready for a commitment, who knows that's what he wants, when he starts dating a woman who seems to be flaky or inconsistent or returning phone calls, that's usually an indication she just doesn't quite know what she wants. And so that's the same. Right. Then we talk okay. about the second layer of a woman is a woman who knows what she wants. Right? So there's knowing who you are and there's knowing what you really want. And they're different. So um, because a woman's turning 30 doesn't mean necessarily her biological clock is going wild. doesn't mean right. that she even wants kids. You know, there are plenty of women that I've worked with that really are clear they don't want kids for whatever the reasons are. Right. It doesn't all mean denial. It doesn't all mean it's because they had a horrible dysfunctional background. They're just clear that's not really what they want or, um, or they're afraid of it, but you know, and they're willing to look at it, and that's different. But a woman who knows what she wants, let's say she really does want kids. It's really important to her, and she's 30, 35, so she doesn't have, you know, a lot of time to work with, but she's got some time. Her dating a man who's 60 who never wants to have children or has grown kids and will never have kids, that's a really important factor for her to be truthful to herself because if she knows that's what she wants, then that's a choice she's got to be very clear about because... Right. Chances are, if a man, for whatever the reasons, is saying, I don't want to have kids, you need to believe him. It's a, it's Absolutely. A, it's a big trap, <laughs> and I see it a lot with women thinking, well, once he falls in love with me, I'll get right. him to see the I'll light. Change him. You know, he'll, I'll, I'll open his heart, and it will change. That might be true, but you're taking a big gamble with that. Yeah. So that's a woman who knows what she wants. If you ask men what is their biggest frustration with women generally, they will tell you they have no idea what the hell they want. That will be right. the number one answer coming out of a man's mouth. I'm sure you've yeah. heard it. And, and various versions of it, but they're just frustrated. They literally feel like women don't know what they want. And we all yeah. know that, that women's emotions can and moods can change a lot. But right. again, I'm not talking about just feelings changing. I'm talking about really what do I want? Do I want right. to live in L.A.? Do I want to be a career woman? Do I want kids? Do I want a commitment? I'm talking about big stuff, not the day-to-day yeah. you know, fluidity of emotions and moods. The, the third layer of a woman is, is a woman who wants to grow. And I, whenever I bring this up, the women jump all over me like, well, what the hell are you saying? Like, men don't need to grow. And yeah, of course, we all need to grow. What yeah. I'm saying about a woman who wants to grow or needs to grow or has a desire to grow is that 
she's not she's not stuck in superficiality. She's not stuck in image and trying to keep up with the Joneses. She's right. she's aware that she wants to and, and and being challenged in a relationship, what I mean by challenge in a relationship is not about the challenge of trying to get a man to commit to something. I'm not talking about the challenge of just trying to get him to kind of have some pillars in his life. I'm, I'm talking right. more about uh, the challenge of her wanting to grow fully in a relationship with him. Uh-huh. Her wanting to, to, to be pushed to move into deeper levels of intimacy herself. You know, right. women struggle uh-huh. with intimacy is just as much as men do for all the same yeah. reasons. I don't, that's why I'm saying I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a fundamental difference between men and women. I think women yeah. struggle with it in equally the way that men do because we may not just have had good modeling for it or we just have not had good experiences of it being reciprocated, whatever it might look like. But a woman who wants to grow, it's important. And so when, when I'm telling this to, of course, I'm saying this to men, but as the women are hearing this, they're getting offended oftentimes. And I will say, well, think of it this way. Think of your girlfriends. Let's take it out of the realm of men a minute and dating. Mm-hmm. Think of just the women in your life who are important to you. And you think about some of those relationships with friends that you've kind of moved away from. But why have you moved away from them? Well, because all they want, they're just, they're just stuck in drama and they talk about nonsense all the time right, or right. they're materialistic and they keep talking about their Gucci bag. And, and you just lose interest because they seem to be very superficial and stuck. And so now right. it's not about judging anyone. It's just it stops being a meaningful relationship. And so if it stops meaningful, meaningful for you as a friend, you've got to know that men are savvy to that too. So yeah. a woman who wants to grow, it really is on that level. It's that a man wants to know that a woman is not just about keeping up with the Joneses, getting lots of wonderful stuff, having nice uh, toys and gifts. He yeah. wants to know that she really is, is willing to get down and dirty in the work, the deep work of a relationship as much as he does. And, and when I say this, women are like, what men do you know that de- deeply want to get into the work of a relationship? And I will say uh-huh. that a four-pillared man will. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. what he wants. Yeah. Because he's, like- had an, he's had enough of being out there screwing around. It's just not fulfilling after a while. Right. And, and, and I've been in L.A. for 33 years. I know a lot, if not hundreds, of really honorable men who are committed and monogamous and want that. The women don't yeah. believe they exist here. And then I have... Lots of clients out of New York that I coach, and they think the same thing as guys in New York. And I got people in Chicago and people in London. I can tell you, <laughs> it has nothing to do with the town. Yes. My experience has got nothing to do with the town. There are always going to be unavailable men, and there's always going to be honorable men who really want to commit, and there's always going to be someone who's a great fit for us out right. there. I love that you say that because so, people yeah. don't. People lose hope. They don't. They they don't trust that that's out there. But I think some of it. I feel like. When you become this person, like as a woman, if you become this four-layered woman that you're talking about, it's easier to yeah. find those people. You start attracting it or looking for it um, yeah. versus Absolutely. not being in touch with this kind of stuff. And then you're not going to find somebody who's on that same level with you. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. And then just to, just to close this out, the, the final layer of a woman is this is this is another quality, and again, remember, I, I the way I created these layers, it was it was talking to men about the women they need to be looking for, and so it's more about what are what are men really looking for in a woman, what's important to them. And so the fourth layer is a woman that has her man's back, she really has mm-hmm. his back, and and I want to qualify what that means. It doesn't mean she's just stroking his ego and yesing him all day long. That's got uh-huh. nothing to do with that. It means that she 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 really believes in him. She believes yeah. in him and she sees who he is and she sees his potential, which doesn't mean he's not living any of it because he's already, if he's a four-pillar man, he already knows who he is. It's just she sees the leader in him. She sees the entrepreneur in him. She sees the, the, the man who could be a great family man, a great father. So I'm mm-hmm. talking about she sees his potential, but not meaning he's completely not living any of it, just that she sees his greatness and she sees that by supporting him and having his back and making him feel like a king, he will manifest it. Because right. that becomes a win-win. It's not just, oh, great, she's going to support him and he gets his rocks off and he gets to be this really right. powerful man. Of course right. not. It means that he's going to bring huge blessings to both of them and she'll be that great woman behind the man. There's truth to that. There's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. And, but, it, but it's not enough to simply sing his praise and tell him how wonderful he is. It, it's much deeper than that. It's really about getting into... To, um, and I also don't mean that she doesn't disagree with him. It's important. Like my wife yeah. challenges me more than anyone on the planet. 
My wife sees through me. My wife calls uh-huh. me out all the time. And I, I like it. I mean, she does it with love most of the time. She does yeah. it tastefully most of the time. But um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to feel like I've conned my wife. I wouldn't respect yeah. her. I, I need yeah. someone that sees how slippery I can be and how slick I can be and, you know, and when I'm, you know, BSing. I, I want to be called out on that, just like I want that for my friends. It's right. more real. You know, I yeah. mean, people want to be seen. We, we, uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in what I call risking the relationship, risking mm-hmm. getting real and telling it like it is and, and letting someone know when they're kind of um, deluding themselves. I think it's important. And if it's done from love, not shame and judgment, if it's done from love, right. we appreciate it. You know, right. it, it is a risk. What's the risk? That you're going to be offended that someone's calling you out. But if it's from love, mm-hmm. it's deeper care. Right. You know, superficial relationships, people are happy to just let us go about our business, screwing our lives up and saying nothing because they don't want to, they don't want to get messy. But real deep care is we're willing to dig in because it's important. It's worth it. So those are the, those are the ways that these, the, the four pillars of a man and four legs of a woman come together. And then there, you know, once you've, once you've got a four pillared man and a four legged woman, it's not like it's instant relationship. Then there's some core tools that I, talk about in the app as well there's core relationship tools that we need of how you make this Uh work i'm just saying that honestly the minimum requirement for a healthy relationship a healthy committed relationship or marriage long-term relationship is is at least that we kind of have our act together individually so that we're bringing fully to the relationship it, uh, I'm, I'm going to, hey, Jamie, I'm going to cut you off right there because yeah. we have to break Perfect. for a quick commercial. But I want to okay, come cool. back to that and maybe we can go a little further into this uh, where you were just kind of moving yeah. um, when we come back. So thank you for right. listening. Um, we will see you in a few minutes. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Attention. If you're a parent, educator, social worker, or civic or religious leader, the most important program you'll hear this week is Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Host Opal Singleton and her guest show how our children and others are being dangerously lured by predators through the dark web, social media apps, and games. Beyond that, the program looks at trends in human trafficking and more. You'll never think of the Internet the same way again. Listen Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Destination Love. To reach Shelley Pumphrey or her guest today, call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Shelley at ShellyPumphrey.com. Now back to Destination Love. Welcome back to Destination Love. This is Shelly, and we are here talking with Jamie Green. Jamie's been talking to us today about his Alchemy and Love um, program, and we've just learned about the four pillars of a man and the four layers of a woman. And before we took a little break here, we were just starting to go a little bit more in depth on that. So, Jamie, if you want to continue and just share with us a little bit more about... um, how you can help people with this. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. So I appreciate it. So the, my, my whole reason for putting this, I turned it into an app because I had a, I, I've, the way this all started was I had a, for a couple of years, I had a live online coaching program where I would, I wanted to reach more people and I've mm-hmm. been in LA and I work exclusively out of LA. So uh, the only way for me to reach people was to either do phone sessions, which I do a ton of phone coaching, but mm-hmm. I also wanted to have a chance to work with people where we can actually see each other. So I created a coaching platform um, for a couple of years, and one of the things that came out of that, and I had people from all over the country and sometimes from England as, and as far as South America too, um, and we would have people, it was a video platform where people would call in and, and we'd have a topic and I'd be exploring, and then they would They'd ask for a little bit of coaching, and they'd, if they're brave enough, they'd pop on camera, and we'd kind of get into it, and it would be relatable to everybody. And that's where this topic came from. So the whole alchemy and love, four layers, four pillars, came out of conversations about relationships because it's mm-hmm. 
clearly one of the most, you know, popular or most requested topics. And so it was kind of an evolution of things, let alone the 30 years almost that I've been working with people. I just see the patterns. I see the themes. I see the complaints. And it just seemed that, that I'm grossly simplifying it, putting into four, of course, but, yeah. you know, they, there's a lot within each of these pillars and layers that, that encompasses a lot more to it. So I don't want to feel like you have to be boxed into these four things. I know there's more to it, but at least if we keep it simple, there's plenty to work with here. So right. the app became a place where I could capture a lot of that material um, and people can just simply download it right onto their iPhones where they're driving around or listening. It's a really mm-hmm. easy access. So you can literally just go to the app store and it's Alchemy in Love. You'll see Jamie Green and, and it's basically four uh, four hour long audio sessions and uh, me introducing all of this work and then getting into each of the areas. And the final one is about the one I started to allude to, which is the core relationship tools. Because, you know, relationships mm-hmm. need tools. It's not enough to just wing it. You know, love right. is not strong feelings and chemistry and connection and desire and it's just not enough it is it, it, it carries us through the first six months a year maybe but then you know the right. what I do with couples when I'm working with couples I'm always I'm always starting with identifying the patterns because patterns show up pretty quickly right. and if we're really honest if you're listening to me now you're, if you're honest with yourself and you have a history of all sorts of relationships you'll probably know that there's a theme that is consistent, that has shown up with each relationship, you know, or certainly across a trend of relationships, whether that's a theme could be or a pattern could be that you get to a certain place of intimacy and then you shut down and you start pushing the person away, even if they're a really good person and we start deflecting and we don't even know how to receive love. You know, once the, right. once the excitement wears off, we, we, the walls go up. We, we don't trust or we start feeling unworthy or whatever it is. And I'm saying we being men and the women. I just don't think that this is well, men do this and women do that. Because I've seen men do all the stuff that women right. do and women do all the stuff that men do. I agree. So I, I, you know what I mean? I just, it just happens. And, and we attract. Our unconscious is so strong in its antenna. We will attract exactly the right person that's going to mirror this and bring it up so we can work with it. And so to me, the way I'll, the way I'll enter into this, I talk about talk about uh, marriage vows and how ridiculous they are because they don't Mm -hmm. really establish anything. They've never kept anyone from having a horrendous, you know, battle in divorce court two, three, four years later. So what I talk about is I kind of reframe what a commitment or or a long-term committed relationship really is. And I I refer to it as as if if we could have a corrected marriage vow, if there was a marriage vow that would work, because there is one that does work, um, and I'll explain it, and it's kind of the essence of all of the tools that go into having a healthy relationship. So I'll explain it this way. It's a little bit long-winded, but I don't have a cute way of bringing it into an acronym or something, but here's how it goes. <laughs> Basically, when you, when you take on, you're going you're gonna to be with this person the rest of your life, and you're going to marry them, what you're essentially saying to them on your wedding day is you're saying to them, you're having a conversation saying, look, I know that I enter into this relationship with baggage that preceded you. I'm clear on that. Mm-hmm. I know it had mm-hmm. nothing to do with you. It existed 20, 30 years before you ever came into my life. And I'm aware of that. And I know that there's going to be times when I'm going to project that it's actually you are my baggage. And there's going to be times where I'm going to have a fantasy that you will take it away from me and it won't be there anymore. And I'm going mm-hmm. to blame you for some of it. And I'm going to wish that you would take it away. And I'm going to do all these things. And I just, I just need you to unconditionally accept me while I work through my baggage and know that I will do the same for you. I love if, that. <laughs> if, if couples can own that, you can't really go wrong because that's what happens, right? right? Yeah. That is exactly what happens. That's it. And the stuff starts popping up. And having a partner does not need to mean that they become the perpetrator of our baggage. They could also actually be, if we reframe it right, they can be the one that can help us heal from it. They can help, yes. work, help us to hold space while we work it through with them. And we have different baggage, but it will come together. There is no couple I've ever seen of all the healthy, wonderful couples I know that have not had to work through this on some level. And so right. the, more, the more mutually reciprocal and willing going in that a couple is to really remember this vow, you can't go wrong because it gets uncomfortable and it gets scary and we just start acting out, basically. So all I do as the therapist or the coach is to be the reality check to mirror the pattern and start showing them and remind them of the vow that they didn't even realize they were taking. Most of it's unspoken. Right. But I actually speak it, and I have them look yeah. at it. 
And it's actually quite reassuring when people realize mm-hmm. that, you know what, you are not my baggage. You know, it's fear. Yes. What I mean by baggage, fear, mistrust. I've had a, right. you know, abuse in my background. There's trauma. There's boundary issues. There's exploitation. There's uh, abandonment, neglect, all of the stuff that we've all dealt with. We're just trying to get through life the best we can, and it's not ideal. And some people have a much cleaner background with no trauma, and so they're usually projecting less, but doesn't mean they're not attracting someone with tons of trauma. Right. Right? So there's, there's every combination of things. So the tools of relationship are essentially all centered around that theme, that corrected vow. So uh-huh. it's about helping someone, you know, pull back the projections, pull back the blame and the... Uh, and the, and the sabotaging, because that's so right. much a part of it, and start to help people learn how to look at intimacy a different way. Intimacy is a beautiful thing, not a terrifying thing. Right. Usually the experience right. is terrifying, but that usually is because you picked the wrong person to do that with. Right. So if you're making yourself vulnerable with someone who's not trustworthy, yeah, you're asking for trouble. Exactly. You have to know, you have to know who you're dealing with, and that's why I tie it back to making sure you're clear about the qualities of the person to begin with. Yeah, I love that. And I th- yeah, absolutely. I think I wish we could all have that that vow when we go into a relationship or a marriage. Um, and I see how it ties into your, you know, the layers and pillars of men and women. Um, it to me, I see this like it's it's good to be that self aware person. Um, coming into a relationship so that you can be better equipped to work through all of this baggage. But sometimes we come into these relationships without being self-aware and then we have all the the drama and the the hurt that comes with the relationship when we don't know these things. But we can work through it in that relationship as well. Like you said, it can be very healing. Um, But I think people have a better chance of success if they've already done some of that work themselves before they're... totally. Again. Totally, yeah. and, and, that, and that work that you're referring to is what I mean by a man and a woman who knows who she is. I right. mean that that's a representation right. that they have done. Not all of it, but they've done a lot of it. They've, they've taken responsibility so that when you show up, I'm not now blaming you for all of the people who came before me. Because that's what exactly. human nature does. And unfortunately, it will destroy anything in its path every time. Yeah. So that, that's the nature of things, and left to our own devices, we will end up destroying each other. I mean, just look at what's happening in the world, right. <laughs> in, the, in the country and right. in the world. It's just all this projection. This is, yeah. you know, it's pretty fascinating to watch, but that's, that's how we humans work. So to override that and to stay present and to be aware, you know, it takes a lot of work. It's like fighting gravity all the time. Right. But, it, but, you know, but it's worth it. It's so worth it. It is. It is. You can create some beautiful relationships with that. You know, one of the questions that was coming up for me earlier is, um, you know, kind of going back to these pillars and layers of of men and women. So I work with a lot of women, you know, women over, you know, since really the women's lib movement, we've learned to be very strong. We've learned how to be independent and, um, you know, it's not that we all have to be these strong feminist women, but we've learned to be a different kind of woman since maybe our mothers or our grandmothers um, were, you know, here in, yeah. in relationships. Yeah. And I find women who get in relationships with men who don't know how to be in that feminine place and let that, like you, like let this four-pillared man step up and help her feel safe, help her relax into being more feminine in a relationship. Um, yep. Can you speak about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah totally. So, you know, again, that, that speaks to the notion of anticipation and being aware, right? So being able right. to really see what someone needs. So I think, I think if we take a step back from the question as to what typically keeps partners from doing that for each other, um, in, in order to, to know how to create the opportunity for that to happen, for someone to really truly emerge in their power, men or women, we have to look at what keeps that from happening, which is feeling threatened, feeling insecure, um, trying to control things outside of me because I don't want you to find out that I feel inadequate. And, and unfortunately, we're all so smart that we will see that anyway. Maybe we're right. just not saying it. 
But I think it's right. so remarkable to me that people think they're really getting away with some of the manipulation and, you know, right. facades they put up. We all see it anyway. So in order to, you have to get to a place where we don't feel threatened. We're just okay with who we are. It's a, it's a place of acceptance within ourselves. Uh-huh. So I know, I know it's a cliche, but when we get to a place that we stop beating ourselves up and we stop judging ourselves and we have a little compassion and patience and we're really okay with who we are, which is the first pillar and the first layer, then it's a natural evolution to be embracing and accepting of our partner. So we're going to let them shine. We're not going to feel threatened by it. We're not going to have to mm-hmm. kind of keep them from, you know, women inherently have this sensitivity to not wanting to usurp their men. And right. unfortunately, it creates, it creates an epidemic, I call it, of women who are swallowing their voice and minimizing themselves and getting caught up and being confused about their femininity. Right. Listen, men, healthy men want really strong women to be very feminine. Yes. They're not threatened by a exactly. woman. And by very feminine, I don't mean a damsel in distress. I right. mean feminine meaning she's in all her glory being a woman. And a man yes. is cool with that. You know, he's not overpowered by it. He's not overwhelmed by it. He loves that. Because what happens is it allows him to be fully in his masculine. And that mm-hmm. works really well. So he gets to be totally in his masculine glory and she gets to, to feel safe in that and be totally feminine. So when you get men who don't know how to integrate their own feminine, I guess this is another conversation, but yeah. a man needs to know how to be okay with his own sense of his internal feminine. He needs to be able to know how to be soft and relaxed and cuddle right. and, and calm. He can't just be alpha mailing himself all over the place. He needs to be comfortable right. with that so he can receive that in a woman. And she needs to be not threatened by a man who's very strong in his masculine right. and not trying to get him to express himself like a woman. I he's love that. He's to express himself on his terms. And a woman yeah. needs to like, allow that. He yeah. knows what he's feeling and he knows how to express it. It may not sound in the same articulate way a woman does. That's the differences between men and women. Yeah. How they express I lo- But the feelings I they have that. are the same. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm, I just want to thank you. We're, we're almost out of time here. I think that conversation, we're going to be talking about those, the masculine feminine kind of um, dynamics actually coming up in the next couple of shows. I've next week, I've got a man named Christian De La Huerta who will be here talking about this exactly. And then we've got Brian Reeves, another great coach uh, coming on in two weeks. Brian's uh, a good friend of mine. He's a great coach. Uh, yeah, friend. yeah. So we'll be continuing this conversation for anyone that wants to know more. Thanks again, cool. Jamie. Um, you Absolutely. told us about your app, Alchemy and Love, yeah. and people can find you. Where's your website? They can go to jamiegreen.com, J-A-M-I-E-G-R-E-E-N-E, and all awesome. of this will be all over my website. Great. Well, thank you for joining thank us today. I've learned a lot, and if you want to find me shellypumphrey.com or lovestrategist.com is probably the easier way to find me because it's easier to spell so thanks again everybody have a great week thank you for making a weekly visit to destination love please join shelly pumphrey again next wednesday at 12 noon eastern time 9 a.m pacific time on the voice america variety channel until then be brave be you be loved 